0: Saying low, Apple Music.
1: The Zane Lowe interview series continues. I'm Hanuman Welch stepping in for Zane just to pull the curtain back a little bit on his upcoming conversation with the one and only Maggie Rogers. It's been a few years since the release of her last project and in that time, Maggie has sequestered herself in the Massachusetts Hills and taken some time away from the hustle and bustle of being on tour for close to four years straight. She went back to Harvard Divinity School to get her degree and she's putting all those experiences into this brand new album, Surrender. Zane dives deep with Maggie Rogers right now on the Zane Lowe interview series. Does it feel different to you yet? Listening to it in a different room where it wasn't recorded or a different car where you can't road test it? Does it feel like yours still or does it feel like somebody else's?
0: Once it's out, it's not mine anymore.
1: Right. It's gone. Can you listen to it? I asked. That's probably the most asked question I've ever asked any artist throughout my entire life because I'm fascinated every answer is different. Can you listen to your music?
0: I generally never do just because... Well, I think before I never did because I was always worried. I never had a good experience mixing. And I was always terrified that I would hear something and it was just emotional. But I got to spend enough time with this record that I'm just like really proud of it. And I love every second of it. Yeah, me too. Thank you.
1: I mean, love every second of it. I guess I'm really proud for you of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got to spend the time I needed to really like know and love it inside out. And so I don't, it's not stressful for me when I hear it.
1: I feel like that's a constant in your life. As long as I've known you, you've been unafraid to take the time you need. (laughs)
0: Much to some people's chagrin. Who cares? but Yeah.
1: Who cares? It's your time.
0: Totally. I mean, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I feel uh, stubborn about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but you should. I think there's too much push and pull when, um, even with the best of intentions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it becomes a system and just pushes and pulls for different reasons. Totally. And really, what was the, what was the reason in the first place hasn't changed. And I think that's kind yeah. of what I always got from you whenever we would talk or whenever mm-hmm. I would say, where's Maggie? And they're like, well, she's just... Being Maggie. Art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's being Maggie. She'll be back when she's back. And oh, man. I respect that.
0: Thank you. I you appreciate know. that. As a
1: fan, I respect that, regardless of being here in this chair with you in that chair. And I think as fans, we should respect artists for taking their
0: time. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's really nothing more important than intention. Like, I, I want to hear art that, like, feels like somebody cared. and um, And that's what I would like to do. <laughs>
1: I'm so I'm so, so sorry. What I had this crazy therapy session yesterday. Oh and no! The, did I, I just say the buzzword? The buzzword. <laughs> intention.
0: That Let's gets us Wow. No,
1: I I love that <laughs> word. I love that word. Intention yeah. is so important. Like almost every day. Like, what is my intention before I actually? Because it yeah. preserves it preserves your own integrity and in what it is that you're trying to achieve. Totally. And it preserves your energy and it allows you to move with with by design.
0: Yeah. And it's um, interacting with the world in a way that is careful, as in with care. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that there's nothing more that you can do in your art too, of just like making choices actively and, and thinking about
1: them. <laughs> like Isn't that, it funny that we laugh when we say that because it seems so obvious, but it that's... just doesn't
0: seem so like <laughs> such like a crazy idea. I think to me, I can't imagine doing it any other way but we're a mess
1: as a species we are distracted and obsessive and odd and strange and get Mm -hmm. you know and impulsive and move in a thousand different directions in 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 one second
0: it's true but i don't know i i have to have hope that there's another option and -hmm. i think a lot of that comes from having a sense of connection whether it's with like the intention with which you move around a room or the way you create or the way you perform or connect just connect to people you love like I don't know I, I we are a mess but I have to believe that there is um something nicer to being a mess together
1: and it's a beautiful mess otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here listening to great music having an already awesome conversation I
0: mean generally having a very messy couple of years it leads to a great record.
1: It's led to an incredible record, and you know what? It immediately grabbed me because obviously, I'm absorbing the music, and then I need to find a way into what you're saying and, mm-hmm. and start to absorb the deeper thoughts. Yeah. Um, but what you've created with Tom Kid Harpoon is, um, and as a collab- as collaborators, is powerful. Thank you. Like the drums on this record don't play.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was living alone in Maine for a long time and really thinking about what I wanted in the just in the pandemic, what I wanted from music and what I wanted to create. And I, I started this record there and was really drawn to big drums and distorted guitar because I, I missed music that made me feel something physically. Mm-hmm. I missed the physicality of being at a festival, specifically like British and European festivals. There's something about, it's some of the best experiences I've had as a fan. Something about like, it being cold and like beer drunk.
1: Yeah, it's body warmth. <laughs> yeah. It's alcohol. It's, it's, the, it's kind of the overcast day. It's not quite being sure what time it is because it's the same color all day.
0: And it's the bass. Yeah, the There's something about that like bass in your collarbones feeling. And, and so I, when I started making music, um, it was the first time I had come. It was the first time I like, had a studio of my own basically since high school. Because in college, I used the school studios, and then I was on tour. Um, so I got to have a real, like, creative practice again. And I had come to the studio, and I've said it sort of a couple times in, the in like, my writings around this record that distortion became a chaos I could control. Hmm. But I, I mean it. Like, in all the craziness of the world, being able to really, like, play with something that that—it also felt so, like, physical and somatic. It was as if it, like, could, like, make— my body let go of tension I was feeling. Um, and then I brought, uh, you know, that nucleus to, to Tom, to real world in the UK. And he heard it and sort of like exactly knew what to do. And the first day I sat down at a piano, he got on drums. And like within two hours, Overdrive was finished. It's like, okay, sick, we're off Like, that's the opening track, let's go
1: You know, I, I, it's not lost on me that you were able to go back to that place Where you probably felt safest and most yeah. understood Which was on your own, in a room, surrounded by tools <laughs> To allow you to express yourself Yeah, And I think that people forgot that That's an important part of your story Because everyone, and we we, we should We should, we gra- we're drawn to your songs And everyone was like, oh my god The performer, the songwriter, the songs I think it's important to now to remember, based on the quality of this record, that you are an architect and a designer and a producer and you love that process.
0: Oh my God, I love it so much. It's like, it's where I feel the most like me. It's the it's where I feel the most in touch with what it means to be alive. Um, it's where I feel the most powerful and the most relaxed simultaneously. It's where I feel a sense of, like, deep purpose. Like, I'm going to cry talking about it. Like, And I think... There, there are so many sacrifices that artists make in the first years of their career in order to sort of like get the ship off the boat and to see. Yep. And I think a big one of that for me was just like, just so deeply missing alone time to make music. I mean, I think music is this crazy art form because it takes these like deeply vulnerable <laughs> feeling because our jobs as artists are to feel. To feel. Feeling Feel people. and
1: translate, yeah.
0: And, like, in every other art form, that there is a boundary between that center creator and the public life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, screenwriters have actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, writers have books. But— it, it the music takes all these like super vulnerable people and puts them in crazy situations. It does.
1: We're not, we're not, we don't protect you enough. It's the truth. And and I mean, that is all of us on the planet. I mean, as fans too, we have to take responsibility for that. And I've been banging on about this for a long time. Yeah. And no, try, you,
0: I mean, have been like such a champion of this.
1: I've been trying to find a way into this conversation without offending myself as a fan, you know, and alienating myself as a fan. I don't want to feel bad as a fan, but there has to be, we have to grow in understanding what it is to create this art. And we yeah. have to allow ourselves the opportunity to move on so that an artist can catch up and remind us where they are in their life and not expect them to constantly lead the way and and draw the line for me. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, I, I, that resonates so much with me. I mean, I think I, it's been interesting, this sort of album cycle. I, I'm early in it, you know, because as we're speaking, the record's not out yet. I've been doing a bunch of press and all that stuff. And this record specifically... If I feel like I got to go back to writing songs like I did in high school. Like, unguarded, no one was looking. I wasn't making songs, thinking about making them on a record. Like, I didn't make music the first, like, four or five months of the pandemic. And when I came back to it, it was like, oh, like when I'm bored, I love making beats. It <laughs> looks like, sick. And that's a, it's as simple <laughs> it's as like that. It's like really playful. Like it's this is simple. my favorite way to pass the time. Seriously, like,
1: put me on a couch with a glass of wine or two and a laptop on my on my knees. And I'm like, And I'm yeah, the happiest person it. ever.
0: That's it. I mean,
1: I've even got to the point now where I want to just, my wife's watching TV and I can keep it at a volume that's not offensive to yep. her and I can yep. still work. And that is just my, sw- that's the sweetest or play. place.
0: It's not even work. It's it's about play. play. I'm like a kid again. And like so much of this record too, like, there's, I have th- three collaborators, right? It's like Tom is the main one and like we like really created a band together and like touched ev- every song. But um, the other, there's a couple songs written with Dellwater Gap who was like my bandmate from when we were 18 and a song I wrote with my friend Gabe Goodman. And those songs were written in Maine. Like I had friends come in the summer and after dinner, we'd like have a glass of wine and make music. And like, in that time, I basically made an entire second record that will never come out. Like, I wrote through all this stuff I needed to get out. Yeah. And then was like, okay, then what? And, like, and then I made some music with my friends. Like, it it was just so nice. <laughs> like, And then I missed my friend Tom, who was, like, also one of my oldest collaborators yeah. and was like, I wonder what he would think of this. and. I wonder what questions he would ask to push my thinking and what wow, he would you bring got out to reset. of me. And, you got to reset.
1: Yeah. You got to go back almost and live that moment in your life when oh my God. it went crazy, but you got to live it again and, and just kind of do it the way you would have done it now.
0: So much. And like what I was saying about um, coming back to press is it's funny because this record is so vulnerable because it's so deeply about, it's not about my career. There was no public life to write about. I, it, it's about like, me and my fears and my my love life and my friends and my anger and my joy and in that it's it's sort of funnier to talk about because i feel like i shared so much on the record
1: yeah. and then when we come dancing about architecture like let's talk about
0: no, anywhere I'm with you so, i mean <laughs> let's talk about anywhere with you i mean it that was the first song i wrote um in this you know i wrote probably a hundred songs um I was in this like songwriting group over the pandemic with a bunch of artists. Cool. And um, anyone would know: Feist, Damian Rice, Beck, Adam Cohen, so, Anais yes. Mitchell, <laughs> Mac DeMarco. Like, we would write songs for like a week um, at a time.
1: This is mind blowing. I have to just—I I don't want to ruin the magic of it, but equally, just to get some context because this is a uh, first for me. You're in the pandemic. A lot of people gathered in the pandemic privately yeah. to do things i had every week i would go to a record listening dinner sure. thing it was really fun yeah um this was something that came out of that and whose idea was it and and how easy was it for it to just come together
0: i don't know adam cohen invited me and i think i mean there's this amazing engineer named phil Weinrub who ran it um i spoke to all these people before doing the album cycle to be like do we, what's the what's the public vibe on this yeah 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 yeah, I was invited to join this group, and we wrote... Every five or six weeks, we'd write a song a day, and you'd get a... I mean, these are also, like, my heroes. I know, this is so like, cool. And, like, I was the youngest in the group. Yeah. And every morning, you'd get a SoundCloud link of everyone's songs. From, and these are, like, I, hearing unreleased songs from all my favorite artists. And I'd go for a big walk, and then I'd be like, okay, time to, like, show up. Like, what am I going to turn in today?
1: I am just... I'm sort of like. It was
0: like, and if you miss a day, you get kicked out. And so, and some days, some days you it would just be like, y'all, I love you. I can't do it this week. I'm I, I I can't touch it. And everyone would be like, cool, love you, see you next time. That's so amazing. It's so a different kind of world, and begging for rain, and a lot of those like second record songs that I like, um, those.
1: The ones that aren't gonna ever be heard.
0: Yeah. Those songs were all I mean, they could be heard eventually.
1: So who are the co-writers from that on this record?
0: No, there's no co-writers. Okay, good, 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 good. It's everyone's writing alone. Oh wow. So no one's writing together. You mm-hmm.
1: just come in and you play your songs. Or you send the sound card. You send card-
0: it in at the end of the night and you'd get a sound called Link of the Morning. So
1: obviously, and we're not ever gonna be allowed to hear these things It's a private. No. It's private. Oh,
0: absolutely not. Yeah.
1: But you get to And listen. you're like
0: your partner couldn't hear it. Yeah, like yeah. it was like sworn yeah, yeah, yeah. secrets. And, and by like, the way, I
1: already moved on. I don't, I don't ever want to be a part of that because it's better that I don't yeah but because it's more special but i am interested in the fact that you do you have how many
0: songs i wrote probably like a hundred songs so like what 12 of us 15 of us (gasps) wrote like (laughs) it's
1: like a thousand songs written by beck (laughs) mac demarco feist maggie rogers that are never going to be heard by anyone but this group this might be the best story of 2022
0: (laughs) I'm glad. That Have you told
1: anyone else the story?
0: Yeah, I mean, I well, uh. I've, I've I've mentioned. Well, I don't know. I don't know. In this, no one's reacted
1: like this. Yeah, because no one gives a f- like I do. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is so. I cannot if, get my head around this. Yeah, and and also it's crazy. I'll tell you one more thing. The weeks we chose inadvertently became some of the the biggest weeks, like. We would pick a, like, you know, someone would be like, pick a week on the calendar. Who wants to sign up for this? Like, are you available? Like, all right, cool. This week works. Like, let's just do it. Um, Everyone's in the right headspace. The weeks we wrote through were, like, the first week of the pandemic. The first week of Black Lives Matter. The first week of, like, the election. Like, it was um, January fifth, sixth, whatever. How can like, you not
1: believe in synergy? How can you not believe in energy? Oh, and...
0: so my record's called fucking Surrender. Like, give me a break. <laughs> I know you can. I'm talking about
1: everybody <laughs> else. I'm looking right
0: through you at the, at the, like, the,
1: at the peanut zane. gallery behind you, dude. Like, come on. I <laughs> know, I know, I know. So I know. yeah, it's
0: so a different kind of world and Begging for Rain were written in that, like me, so those were submissions for the songwriting group. Um, and then I was just in really good writing shape and Anywhere With You, which is, how this conversation started yeah. was the first song I wrote in Maine where I was like, oh, this feels like the beginning of something. Mm. And it was the first song where I sort of started to see what what it could be, what the record could be. It was mm. the first song I like sent a snippet of to like my managers and was like, I've got I, something. I've got something. Yeah.
1: That's such a cool moment. We don't spend enough time really. I think, celebrating those moments because we, yeah, you know, as, as human beings, we're always searching for the next destination. Right.
0: When you have a seed and you finally are like, oh, okay, I, I understand. Like, it's coming together. And I were Want Want that week, too.
1: Wow. So you really were on a tear. Something you'd collect, right?
0: I mean, there were these moments in this record. Like, this record had such push and pull. Like, I wouldn't work on it or touch it for three or four months and then... I mean, I was saying the first day Tom and I got together, we wrote Overdrive. Yeah. The second day, I've never had a day in my life where I have written two songs at once. And I certainly have never had a day where I've written three. Started out the day with That's Where I Am. Came back after lunch and wrote I've Got a Friend. Mm. Came back after dinner and wrote Horses. And Horses is a one-take vocal. because, And so is, so is I've Got a Friend. But Horses specifically... I was so like, I was, I started writing the song and I was like, ugh, I don't want to do it. And Tom was like, finish it. And I was like, no, I just, like, I want to go to bed. He was like, finish it. And I finished it and he was like, okay, one vocal. And I was like, "Could you just do it in the morning? And he was just like, no, like, do it. And then that's it. It's
1: amazing how people, Tom being one of them, who are deeply connected to that that language. Oh, yeah. They see around you, the way things are forming that you can't see.
0: That is so spot on. And he also, like, when I play this this record to my parents or my old friends, the thing that everybody says, which I also deeply feel, is how much this record just feels and sounds like me. And that is the greatest gift of a collaborator. He made me feel like the biggest, greatest, greatest, version of myself
1: so good to hear that because there definitely were times when we would speak on the record or I'd see you out where I felt like you were yeah p- pushing back a bit and trying to find yourself again you know and like I don't know if this version that you all think I am this identity really fits and I've had this I have this conversation increasingly you know with increasing regularity yeah. with artists I just think I think there's something within the artistic community now that has the confidence and courage to turn around and say after a bit of success I don't know if I like the way you look at that you're seeing me
0: yeah, I mean it uh I think this is a this is a general thing I've been thinking about a lot but we really like to believe that things are one thing because it makes things really simple.
1: Yeah, we can we got room for other things.
0: Yeah, and I think people are have many sides and are and are fluid and things are nuanced and complicated and of course it makes anyone feel dehumanized when someone's like oh, that's what she is. Mm. it's like, yes. But like, I mean, this is part of why I went to grad school because I was just like, you know, we're talking about being in Maine and you are like, you got that version of yourself back. But like, I also got it, I got it back alone. And then I also really got it back by being in community where my public life didn't exist mm. and where I like was new at something. And I really had this moment where I was like, well, what do I, what does it mean to live a beautiful life? Like, what do I want? What do I want outside of music? What do I want to do in, in, in my lifetime? And I was like, it'd be really nice to go to grad school. And it'd be really nice to think about, like, as the world is changing, what, what do I believe, it, what does it mean to be an artist? What is that responsibility to an audience? What, what are the ethics of power to hold that space? How do you, how can you use music as a tool for peace? And what part of it do I believe is my job? And and what just isn't like, I feel like I signed up to be a musician like that. That's just, that's just who I am. Like, and then there's all these things that come with it. And, and there's a real difference between vocation and profession. And my professional life asks things from me that, that everyone's does, you know, like no one's job is perfect. True. And, um, I think if you can make your vocation, your profession, you're in like a really good space, but, uh how do I protect the vocation within it? And that is like largely what I thought about there.
1: Maggie Rogers. I It's so great hearing you put that into such perfect form because it, more than, and it's important for people to hear that, more than that, I feel so comfortable and happy now that, no one's ever going to be able to take this away from you and you're just going to give <laughs> us so much music. Because <laughs> that's what you realize, right, yeah. is that when you're able to take a look at all of these things that are flying around trying to distract you and some of them are positive and exciting and short-lived yeah. and other ones are just annoying but you got to do them and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see it with clarity. Yeah. Then I feel like when you show back up, you do so so much more willing and like yeah. – Oh man, I'd love to do that. And absolutely I'll go do that because it's it's less it's less out of control. It's like I get it. It doesn't fit into yeah. my vocation, but it's my profession and I can box it. I get I understand it.
0: Oh my god, and there's just like Does that make sense? So much it, it's like it's a, it's gratitude practice, it's all those things, but yeah. it's also just like it's allowed to be like kind of silly. It's
1: like, allowed to be silly.
0: And it can only be that when you can only find that joy when it doesn't isn't being asked to be everything. Like I can like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) This album is so good. Um, I kind of want to. Yeah, I want to talk
0: about the record. I want to talk about symphony. Oh, okay.
1: I love that song. Thank you. I love that song. It's the title is appropriate, not because it's symphonic, but because it's a symphony of an experience. Like by the end of it, it's like, wow. I don't know enough yet to know who you're duetting with, or whether it's you. But what's going on two- thirds of the way through the song when the emotion is let loose
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you anchor it down and someone's up here and you're here? What's going on there?
0: Yeah, it, it's me.
1: what um I, I've never heard you sound like that. am I crazy? I that's, so that
0: that was one of the songs I wrote in Maine with my friend Gabe. That was like an after dinner song, and it i i it almost didn't make the record because it was sort of in that batch that I like of the like middle ground thinking through some things. And I kept being like, "There's something in this song," and then I brought it to Tom, and like it became this like whole other thing. And it was like really our final day working on the record that Tom added a couple of guitar parts, and I was like, "It now sits like now it holds hands I the like rest that of the song. record." Thank you. I wanted to write a song that, um, as soon as I made it, I knew it was track eleven. Like I was actively sequencing this record the whole time. Um, it. I wanted to write a song where like, so much of what I was playing in this, with in this record is um, vocal delivery, mm-hmm. and, like, my voice is really big in parts, but also, I think, in order to do that with intention, um, I needed to have it also be quiet, almost like I was just speaking in other times, and the vocal, like, doesn't move very much, but the, but the music is everywhere on purpose, because, like, that was very much like the experience I was talking about, trying to reach someone who has like a deep internal world, but you sort of like can't, can't reach it. Um, and I was thinking a lot about like the, the delivery, like that the National uses that like Matt Behringer and then like and the way that he...
1: He's very conversational with himself, I, th- I feel.
0: Yeah. And, it, and the melodies are super simple. And I wanted to think about like what, what that could look like to just hold that center. And let the music and and all of my sort of like dance influences like swirl around it.
1: Yeah, it's so effective. And, and But there was a moment in that song where y- you reach for something that's out of reach. Yeah. And then you come in underneath and you prop yourself up to try to get closer to it. That's what I get from it. It's like... I'm going somewhere here and I got to get there. And you're like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'm right here. It's okay. Like, so this is this incredible yeah. dynamic between yourself going on in that song, which quite frankly, got me pretty emotional driving down huh. Jefferson today.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I love that the the tempo down at the end, too. Oh, it's awesome. Like, it's probably one of the songs I'm the most excited to play live mm-hmm. because there's so much space to play play mm, mm, like mm. it could go a million different directions you live could spiral
1: off into outer space with that too. completely
0: like it's six minutes on the record like it yeah. could be 10 yeah, live yeah. Like, i feel like
1: if that's track 11 on the album it's almost last on the first set it feels oh, to me like
0: a hundred percent like you know i know yeah. it's not a oh, hit to end goosebumps.
1: on i know it's not an end to hit on a hit to end on just yet but i'm gonna end on it and i'll be back in I five love, minutes
0: i yeah. love that you wanted to talk about symphony that's awesome yeah because to me it's
1: it, for all the reasons I've said it it drew me in told me a story and then at the end it just tried to break away and run away
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. it
1: tries to run away it's like I'm I'm out of here I'm gone <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a song yeah. it's like I'm gone well
0: that's what I also love God, I I'm love... such
1: a nerd for this album it's oh, crazy oh thank
0: you um, I, I love when music does that thing that you're mentioning where it's like just, just I've got you I'm in charge just like you're mm, safe mm, like we're gonna mm, go this way but mm, like don't mm. worry like that's I find that in dance music so much.
1: Me too. I find that in Afghan wigs, but I don't. Yeah. Always, I don't always feel safe. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> I always feel like maybe uh, I wasn't intending on drinking, but now I'm drinking. Nice. How did that happen? <laughs> now I'm half a bottle of whiskey <laughs> down. How the f- did that happen? Fucking Greg Dooley. <laughs> you make it okay. Um, oh man. So what was the hardest song for you? Looking back <sighs> on it now that we can.
0: God. Um,
1: what was the one you wrestled with the most? And and not, I don't mean to finish. I mean to to express yourself in?
0: Uh, what's coming to mind immediately is be cool, mm. which is weird because it, it's a love song for my friends who took care of me during the pandemic mm. and were just, every time I was freaking out, they were like, chill. <laughs> but I think trying to express something with simplicity and not have it be corny, like I just like actually beat my head against the wall trying to figure out what that chorus was going to be. Yeah. I kept picturing playing Glastonbury and a fan like m- almost towards the back like pretty drunk there with his friends not necessarily a fan of mine but like the friends are all there and they're hanging and this song comes on and they're like eh! like that I wanted to write a song for that person <laughs> and and I I I kept yeah I just had a really hard time with it because I was trying to force it rather than just let it come. It was mm-hmm. the one where I was suddenly like starting to grip my teeth mm-hmm. and Tom just kept being like, dude, you're going to figure it out. Like we'd, we'd be eating lunch and I'd be like really quiet and then I'd be like, this thing. He'd be like, maybe. <laughs> like <laughs> like I just, I wanted it so badly. Yeah, yeah. I think so much with music. You have to want it but not need it.
1: Oh man, and, I, I, there's this great quote which I put up on my TikTok from uh, Justin Vernon, which was just that. It's like, I wanted music to be my job so badly. It just wasn't there for me. And as soon as I accepted my nature, that maybe I should just go and teach music and be in education, it happened. And I think what's watching, reading the comments, because I'm into it, because I love the community on there. People, a lot of people got, a lot of people struggle with it. They're like, but if I want it, why would I let go? And surely that takes away from the idea of work. And I think- Surrender. Surrender, (laughs) exactly. Put the intention out, do the work by all means, put the intention out. trust it. But trust the process, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have to trust it. And eventually it- you know, that song inevitably is now one of my favorites. Mm. It we st- I yeah, Tom and I started it in real world and then hung on to it for like six months. And we were at Electric Lady, and it was really like John Batiste was in the studio, like down, down the hall. Um, and he came in and added all this like beautiful synth work to mm. it. And that's when it really started to be like, Okay, now I understand where this is going and where this sits and and now I understand that this couldn't sound like bath. It had to sound like a sunny day in new York yeah and,
1: and it needed yeah. John and it needed John he's the greatest
0: yeah, a couple of these songs needed John mm. he's also added some incredible piano to i've got a friend
1: and he also just brought incredible energy into the room
0: i mean he's he's we've been collaborators for five or six years now, mm-hmm. and he's He's one of my deeply favorite people to be around.
1: It's one of my favorite things on the planet when I call him every now and then and I say something that means something to him and he goes,
0: yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and I'm
1: like, I got it.
0: Yeah, he's he's the best.
1: Yeah, he's incredible. Who else, if anyone else, joined you on a, on a musical level or artistic level on this record?
0: You know, so Maine was super solo with mm-hmm. a couple of very old friends. Um, Bath was really me and Tom. And then when we got to New York City, it was really like community. The Like, let's invite the power of community in. And it really was sort of happenstance. It was like people that were hanging yeah. around. Yeah. Claro and Claude mm-hmm. are the speaking voices and I've got a friend. Mm-hmm. Florence was in the studio above me working with Jack mm-hmm. and like we've been friends for a while her and Tom are old friends and collaborators so we were just hanging out a lot and um I played her shatter mm. I have this great screenshot of a text message from her where she like went up I, I was like yeah like come be a part of it and she went upstairs and then texted me and was like okay but it's in my head now and it needs to come out <laughs> and I was like, okay like come back <laughs> so she? she's the most
1: brilliant brain know, of anyone like, I know
0: so she <laughs> plays tambourine She's the dirtiest percussion player you have ever met, and she sings back up on Shatter. Yeah,
1: she's all physical, man. When you see her perform oh live, it's gosh. like everyone it's, talks. About, she's, everyone talks levitating. About, she's levitating. She's yeah. levitating, and and the thing is, is like I've watched her headline Glastonbury with her eyes closed, uh-huh. and thought everyone could have packed up tents and gone home, and she's still beyond. Sounds it'd, about it, right. It'd be the yeah, same.
0: and then um, Pino Palladino's on this record.
1: Oh, no, that's a flex.
0: I, I mean,
1: did did you just watch? Yeah, just watch.
0: I mean, it, part of this record was like. Learning the power that I had after putting in all the work on the first record mm. and being like, I could just call him and ask him if he wanted to play on my record. Someone's like, Yeah, that's how that works. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> like <fuck.
1: laughs> confidence is such a funny thing, though, isn't it? Because we assume when we see you put a piece of music out with your face on it or a video where you dance in it, or a stage where you perform on it. Their confidence is just this kind of um, never-ending, available energy source that you just kind of like top up and use. And it's Mm. not at all. In fact, in many respects, it's the opposite. Even when you have quote-unquote perceived success, the idea of calling up someone you admire and asking them to do something as simple and pure and beautiful as collaborate musically and artistically, which is why you do it in the first place seems so foreign to you.
0: Yeah, well, I just didn't know that that was possible. Or like um, when I was making this record, I loved that song uh, "The Rat" by mm. The Walkman, mm. especially mm. how how like off the rails the drums are.
1: Mm. Well, and not just the drums. I mean, Hamilton's, like all of it. Hamilton's like, also uh, like a lost monster. Lost his mind yeah. from the first word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it suddenly, you know, Tom and I were talking, and it was like, oh, we could just get Matt Barrick to play drums. Amazing. And so he's a, he came in through like Amazing. played on the record, and it was that kind of thing of like. Who are all the people I love that like, could be woven into this tapestry and lend their energy and voices to it? That's so cool. Why would you ever stop? I mean, <laughs> I feel that way.
1: Why would you ever stop? I mean, that's the f-ing great thing about making music now, Maggie. And the reason that you take long walks in the park, metaphorically speaking, I know sure. that you tend to walk on far more vicious and exploratory terrain than I, just a park. I, lo-
0: I love a park.
1: The way she said I love a park is so dismissive of parks. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I'm getting some milk, I'll walk in the park. You I in a park. Okay, but we also know that, you know, you, walk, you traverse cliffs and mountain ranges and everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's in my head now, and I need to get it out.
0: I can't I can't like mess me
1: up in myself Meg. I'm li- just i know literally and i'm
0: i f- i am like restraining myself because I know that if i um like I, if I go there and like take my lid off and actually touch that thing, I can't come back and like
1: i I go there all the time
0: i i i, <laughs> I support you I just went there <laughs> i know and i'm i am saying I couldn't meet you because if i did it like there's too. I'm. I'm gonna start sobbing. Like there's too much there. Like this I can't is, touch it.
1: It makes me emotional. I'm emotional. Yeah, it makes right me now. emotional. Like I can't. This like This song is just like it came from somewhere that needed to. Like it needed to exist. And then when I saw that band play it live, it was like their lives depended on it. It wasn't a song at another gig in front of another crowd. Yeah. It was like this is everything right now.
0: I mean, it is though, and I think I feel that way so much now that I'm like, if I take. If I Like I can feel it in my hands And my teeth And like If if I like touch it I won't be able to Can't you hear me I'm bleeding
1: on the wall I mean it's just Yeah It's one of the most brilliant Modern examples Of that Wrestle with yourself And The cry for help And when it doesn't come You write the song (laughs) That's the thing When it doesn't come if If it came You probably would be like I'm fixed For now. Yeah. But the song gets written.
0: I mean, yeah. I apologized to Tom the other day. Not like I just, and I said thank you. I didn't, I don't know that I had anything to apologize for, but I was just like, man, I was in it. And I'm such a different person now that this record is outside of my body. But it like,
1: but Maggie, if you love music and you love art and you love being in the room, and I'm not speaking for Tom here, but that's the point.
0: No, it is. But I I think uh, it's totally the point. But I was pretty like I didn't get to make music for a long time. I I did. And like I I was doing other things that I chose and loved. But like I I, I was like pretty tangled up by the time I've been on tour for five years straight. Like by the time the pandemic happened, I was like had chronic fatigue. Like I, I, I couldn't talk I hadn't been to a grocery store in four years yeah burnout like, total burnout yeah I just like I was I was ready to bite and this record is it is the bite but then when I like listen back there's so much joy and I think that's the thing that surprised me more than anything was that like that that was the place that I escaped to and it was the thing that became the way that I survived it or the way that I worked through it this idea of joy is a form of like rebellion or as something that can be radical and contagious and connective and and angry like I, I think joy and anger are two sides of the same coin and and the reason i believe the joy in this record when i hear it is because i it, i hear the grit too and i it feels hard one yeah.
1: yeah and you can hear it as a fan but man is it a relief when you get to, get through it and you start it and you realize it's go time and you know why you know why it, because it was waiting for you the music was yeah. waiting for you. It was always there, just waiting for you. That's, that's <laughs> You're the, gonna
0: make me cry. That's the crazy yeah.
1: thing about art. It doesn't. When you've got it in you, it's there for you. It wants you. It wants you to come back. But yeah. only you can do that. No one can push you into a studio. No one can tell you it's time to go back to work. Especially you, <laughs> It comes from a very, very real place. Yeah, for you. it
0: does. Yeah, I mean, it. It like it really does. And it's um, man, it's personal too.
1: Yeah. But that's why we're grateful, because you had the courage to release it. It's fucking awesome, and by the way. Maggie, <laughs> <fuck it, yeah! laughs> yes! well, you're the best, and um, this album is such a triumph. I hope you. Well, I know you do, because we just talked about it. I know how proud you are of yourself and what you've created, and I cannot wait to Thanks. see you bring this to life in earnest when it's out, because I think it's going to transform. The way yeah. that we see you on a stage and experience huh. you as, a, as an artist as well, right it's got to
0: there's no like, going back after this no, there really isn't and I feel like i I don't even know what I made until I go and play it and experience it with people, but also experience it in repetition there's yeah. songs that there's things that bleed out of the songs once you live inside of them and um yeah, I don't know what's quite is in store for me living inside of this record, but um I'm so. I'm so, so happy that this is my life. Like, that this is the things I get to, that these are the things I get to think about and talk about.
1: Cause it was waiting for you. So you know it's there and it's always going to be there for you. That's the thing. It's never going to abandon you. The music's never going to leave you.
0: No, it is not. And I think I am, I'm, I'm so deeply clear on that now that, and I never thought it, that music was going to leave me. I think it was more just about finding a way to protect the music. I mean, that's so much much what I wrote and studied about in school. How do I keep the things sacred in my life really safe? And how do I reconstruct every aspect of my life and my career to to keep those things at the center? Magic. (laughs) It's magic.
1: (laughs) Make sure to follow for more interviews. And next week, we're going to be joined by the one and only King Princess.